Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode 32 of Daily Bible Studies for Busy People. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your love and mercy to us. We thank you for waking us refreshed to a brand new day. And we pray now as we open your word, your Holy Spirit will guide us to take something from it for our soul's need this day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at Jacob's secret flight from Haran and Laban's angry pursuit of him and how God intervened to protect Jacob. He had given Laban a dream where he told him not to induce Jacob to return to Haran by offering him good things or threatening him with bad things if he didn't return. So instead, Laban rebuked Jacob for going away with his daughters without saying goodbye and turned his seven-day chase into a quest to recover his idols. Rachel, his daughter, had stolen them, and Laban, not knowing who took them, demanded them from Jacob. Now Jacob here begins his reply by explaining why he left in such a hurry. So let's pick up the story here in Genesis chapter 31, verses 31 to 35. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Peradventure thou wouldest take by force thy daughters from me. So you can see here Jacob had no confidence in Laban's integrity whatsoever. In contrast, he now says something that demonstrates his own integrity and his faithfulness to God. I'm reading verse 32. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Before our brethren, discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. Now, I want to make a couple of points here. Firstly, I think that this statement of Jacob just shows to me how much he was against idolatry. He said, whoever in his household had the idols, let him not live. I wonder if we have the same attitude when it comes to idols in our own life. Remember from the last two episodes that God's promise to be with Jacob was based on Jacob being obedient to God, 100%. There is no room for a divided heart with God. The Bible is full of verses that condemn idolatry. Why is that? Well, idol worship, you see, was anciently man's response to the unknown in life. What could not be explained was put down to the gods. Romans 1 verse 20, Paul talks about this. He said, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What Paul is saying here is that by studying the things that are made, we can understand God's eternal power and deity. The problem with idolaters was that when they did understand his power and Godhead, they refused to recognize God as God. Paul goes on to explain in Romans verse 21 to 23, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, 
they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So you can see here that in their vain imagination, people were not willing to surrender their life in obedience to an uncorruptible God, but became fools. Rather than glorifying God for his purity and holiness and righteousness, they glorified nature. They made images of the things in creation and worshipped them instead of the Creator. Today, science and education seem to have taken the place of images. Whatever cannot be explained in nature is put down to a lack of scientific knowledge. Give us more time and we'll find the answer, is a common response to the unknown. But I think you'll be amazed at how many former atheists, with no religious inclination or upbringing, have come to accept the existence of God through their scientific study. You see, true science confirms the Bible. The problem with scientific study today is the assumption that ignores the possibility of a personal first cause beyond our universe. But that's exactly what the Bible confirms. God created everything, including the universe, out of nothing. You see, the Bible doesn't try to... um, explain or prove the existence of God, it assumes his existence. And an unwillingness to accept this truth leads to what the Bible terms science falsely called science. Such science finds no room for faith in God. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings, and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. That's first Timothy chapter six, verse twenty to twenty one. So let's be careful to avoid science falsely called science today. Remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The second point that comes to mind is Jacob's certainty that his own wives would not have taken their father's idols, especially not Rachel. However, he was mistaken in regard to his estimate of her character. Rachel, the one who he loved so much and spent so much time with, kept her secret from Jacob. I'm not sure what that says about her marriage relationship or how well Jacob knew her. But if she was going to tell him, it was not going to be now. For Jacob had pledged the life of the one who stole the images from Laban. Let's read further. And Laban went into Jacob's tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the two maidservants' tents, but he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent, and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images, and put them in the camel's furniture, and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my lord, that I cannot rise up before thee. For the custom of women is upon me. And he searched, but found not the images. So, Rachel not only stole the images, but successfully deceived her father. But there is no deceiving with God. Proverbs 15 and verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You see, Rachel had much to learn about God. 
We'll see that in later episodes. Let's read now how Jacob summarized his life under Laban and what was the only response Laban could give to him. Now Jacob is angry at this point after Laban hasn't found the images amongst their possessions. And so in Genesis 31, 36 to 42, he says this, it says, And Jacob was wroth and chode with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me? Whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Set it here before my brethren and thy brethren, that they may judge betwixt us both. This twenty years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was. In the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters, and six years for thy cattle. And thou hast changed my wages ten times. Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely thou hadst sent me away now empty. God hath seen mine affliction, and the labour of my hands, and rebuked thee yesternight. I can't help but note the integrity, care, and faithfulness of Jacob during that 20 years of service to Laban. Laban could say nothing to the contrary. Reading further from verses 43 to 44, we have Laban's response here. And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and these cattle are my cattle, and all that thou seest is mine. What can I do this day unto these my daughters? or unto their children which they have borne. Now therefore come thou, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and let it be for a witness between me and thee. Laban was basically recognizing here the oneness that existed between his family and Jacob's. To injure him or his wives or children, or deprive Jacob of the stock he had, Laban would only be injuring himself. Jacob was right in everything he said in his rebuke of Laban. Laban could say nothing in return to the contrary. Finally, humbled, he proposed a peace treaty. Jacob accepted it, and they made a heap of stones as a witness to it. I'm reading here from verses 48 to 50. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Galid and Mizpah. For he said, The Lord watch between me and thee, when we are absent one from another. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take wives beside my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. So despite his flaws, Laban was seeking here the best interests of his daughters. I think he could see the unhappiness that polygamy had caused in Jacob's family. It was his own actions alone that had led to Jacob taking two wives. So now he did his best to ensure that no further unhappiness would come upon them by Jacob taking other wives. Laban and Jacob were now at peace. The words of Proverbs 16 and verse 7 come to mind here. 
When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Jacob's ways during twenty years of service to Laban had done just that. He pleased the Lord, and in so doing brought peace between him and his uncle. So if we want peace today, not only peace with our enemies, but peace within our hearts and homes, then let's do that today. Instead of living to please ourselves, let's live to please God, just like Jacob did. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this meditation this morning that reminds us firstly of the danger there is around us in, in idol worship and how we, today we may not be bound down to graven images, but we can be led away by the, the images of false science and false philosophy, the idols that people raise up and worship uh, in, in, a, in opposition to thee. And so I pray that you'll help us to avoid science falsely so called and to remember also, Lord, this experience of Jacob and the faithfulness he manifested in and the integrity in looking after Laban's flocks and how you blessed him because of that and how his ways, his, because he pleased you, you brought peace between him and Laban and you can do that for us today. So let us please you today in all that we do and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible. This has been Paul Chapman. And remember, wherever you are today, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, take the Lord with you, be prayerful, be careful, and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible. Shame.